This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Luckridge. Hello. This week, we have six films that we're going to be looking at, six features, kicking off with Scott Atkins in Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Then we have uh, Postmortem, The Spine of Night, Summit Fever, Trafficked, and Mean Spirited. Our short shot this week is the action-packed Luna. And then we're going to round off with our DTV throwback, Patient Zero. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Mike Fallon, aka The Accident Man, is back, and this time he must beat the top assassins in the world to protect the ungrateful son of a mafia boss, save the life of his only friend, and rekindle the relationship with his maniacal father figure. Um, we didn't get a screener for this one, unfortunately, uh, Rich, but it would have been incredibly churlish of us being the DTV Digest not to pass up the opportunity to cover this. Um, Scott Atkins is back, I think is the, um, the phrase everyone should be using for this. Um, this is just purely one of his best films, surely. Yeah, and quite, um, I mean, I was a bit anxious going in because there'd been such positive buzz about it that I was worried that I might not like it as much as everyone mm. else but I yeah. absolutely do as I, I do agree with you I did I think they pulled something really out of the bag here because the first accident man which was four years ago it was a passion project for Scott he was trying to do something different he was trying to do something more of himself mm. uh, and it was a British movie you know so, uh, and uh, you know he got to play a proper British comic book character and stuff and bring more of the kind of humor that he's interested in because when Scott was, when his career was established, you know, we all know him as Boyka. He's this tough, yep. you know, <laughs> usually with either a Russian or American accents, you know, almost humor is not part of the equation generally. Mm. Uh, and he's basically reinvented himself by actually, you know, he's taken control of his career. He's put his, he put himself on the line and sort of tried to pull this thing together, which, which works better than anyone could have hoped for. And then, yeah, they, you know, four years later, they've managed to get a sequel off the ground. And what's great is the first film was made by Jesse Johnson, yep. very established director. And here we've got two guys making their feature film debut, uh, very experienced in the world of short films. But, you know, they've, they've, Scott's basically taken a chance on two new directors and they've, you know, they've done him proud. Uh, you know, they've, they've together, you know, with uh, Scott and his, his writer, Stu Small, uh, they've just pulled some pulled something together that's very collaborative and it just works so well and there's lots of different choreographers and stuff involved lots of great uh, uh, martial artists and martial arts you know choreography performers and that in, involved in the film which we'll get into and uh, yeah the whole the whole film has a, a unique feel to against the first one but I think yeah it's better and it's very watchable it's probably Scott Atkins most watchable film I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because um, I watched this with my wife, and she she didn't enjoy the first one. Um, she she didn't like the voiceover 
element you know the fact oh, okay. that we're you know the, the internal monologue that we're yeah, getting yeah. From, from the character um so, so going into this one she's like is there going to be another internal monologue is he going to tell us everything he's doing you know um i think they sort of, they did sort of fine-tune it a bit Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there is a lot of it there. So, so if, you, if you know, either you like it or you don't, I guess. Um, personally, I like it. I, I, I think he's very funny. You know, some of the dialogue. Stu Smalls definitely knows, you know, um, how to make Scott funny, basically. Yeah. And put the, put the, you know, give him the right sort of lines and things. Um, there are some classic moments in this. Um, yeah, and, and they've put together a great cast. You know, it's, it's great to bring back Ray Stevenson um, as Big Ray. You know the the owner of the pub in the first one. Um, you know, um, out for kind of a bit of rep- retribution this time round. But you know, he's he's just such a great presence. You know, Ray Stevenson. Oh yeah, and he's, the the way he just sort of you know, there's that there's that part where he th- he starts quoting Shakespeare, and it just works <laughs> so well. And he's just really giving it his all. I mean, Ray Stevenson is yeah, it's just such a commanding presence. Absolutely. Um, you you mentioned. There were a number of um, choreographers on this one. Is that right? Yeah, so they've taken stuff. They've got some bits from uh, that Tim Mann did that they've incorporated. There's uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, Andy Long came in and did yes. some stuff. Uh, and there's a couple, um, obviously Scott's got his elements in there as well. And yeah, I think there's like two other people. So it's not like there's one person sort of leading the whole thing. They, I mean, the Kirby brothers, um, I can't remember which one it is, but the yeah, he's an experienced stuntman, so he was doing choreography as well, and so yeah, it's very much they've they've pulled mm-hmm. together different resources uh, and to 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 work together, and I think that's that's what kind of makes this film uh, a bit more distinctive. Maybe it's got like mm. a bit more diversity in that 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 it's not just. Um, one particular style there's a lot i mean sarah chang who we'll get onto she's yeah. got a very particular style she's a very experienced choreographer and and a performer in, yeah. in her own right so she's probably guided elements of her scenes i would expect as well yeah so uh, it was the, george it was, it was george by the way george Kelly. Was, yeah yeah lovely guys by the way i mean yes so, 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 so i mean we've met them and and i was watching the um after that because unfortunately there was a screening in london that wasn't wasn't able to get to but the, I did watch the art of action uh, mm-hmm. rec- that um, that Scott recorded, especially interviewing all, all uh, the Kirby's and, and all the other people involved in the project. And you know, they they just they 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 I don't know if they pitched for it or they got it, but they got this chance mm. and they've done really well, really well with it. And they're very um, uh, with a lot of hum- you know a lot of humility. They mm. they're perfectly happy to you know to share. You know the glory whereas somebody else might come along and go this is my movie and whatever and they're like no we you know this is kind of our movie it's everyone's movie you know it's mm-hmm. it's scott's movie to a to a large degree because it's his project mm-hmm. but you know they've made it their own as well andy's kind of made it part at least the part that he's involved with is very much an andy part yeah which is the uh, the conclusion of the film and uh yeah i think the uh and they obviously they've got all the the right people involved in with the cinematography and stuff and say um the kirby brothers are involved in the editing they edited the movie as well so i mean the, and they shot it so the 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 camera work around the action sequences is really interesting because the camera keeps moving mm. but not in a really distracting not shaky cam is it shaky it, it, cam way no, no you can it, follow it it's yeah. it's momentum but it's not 
it's not ruining the scene it's adding to it and that's a very very difficult trick to pull off and i think that's something that's also quite unique to this film compared to some of the others uh and you know they've brought all they've brought elements of that on board um mm. and the and obviously the maltese location obviously makes it stand out mm. makes that very makes it feel very different to the first film which was you know sort of rainy london, london basically yeah. Yeah. yeah and now we've got this very vibrant uh almost made me think of like the rise, you know, like the rise of the foot soldier films, how they like, yeah, yeah. oh, let's do, do one where we, one, yeah. we made in Marbella and stuff like that. It's got that kind of yeah. atmosphere and that kind of, it is that gangster humor, mm. that gangster sort of crime movie humor mentality. I mean, the first one made me think of things like Guy Ritchie. Yes. The, this one is, I think it's, it's not so much Guy, it is more its own thing. It's not, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's trying. And you've got other things like, um, uh, Bobo the Clown, played by Bobo mm, Fowler, Bobo in there. It's uh, it's yeah, it's it's. I've watched I watched it twice back to back, and it was mm -hmm. not. It was very easily done. I could easily watch it again. I want to talk about Bobo Fowler for a minute. I mean, we mm. we've seen him in in um, at least one short film, two actually. Quite, um, we saw him quite recently in yeah, Red, Red. Uh, and Express Delivery. Probably and two yeah, Express Delivery is is, is the probably the more well-known one but red is absolutely superb but here he really brings his acting skills to the fore you know we, we we get this sort of very sinister character you know the dialogue he has when he first turns up is absolutely superb this sort of you know rhyming cadence that he has to to, to his lines you know it it's it does put you in mind of Heath Ledger a little bit but it's definitely its own thing at the same time because you know only only because you know what he's saying has that sort of level of menace. Um, but I, I, th I thought his his acting was was absolutely superb. Um, you know, the, the actual fight scene itself was you know excruciating, you know and painful because What's because interesting his is Fowler actually came on quite late. He was kind of, I don't yeah. know who he replaced, but he oh. came in and they didn't really get much of a chance to prep, so mm. he he didn't have as much time as the others. To practice that fight scene, to to, to practice the mm. character and everything. So yeah. he um, it's in, it's interesting he because well they start the film that. with that scene. Yeah, in no, media so, red, so, your so, favorite. Yeah, I I know, and and, and uh, you know, I I think that puts a lot of faith in, you know, from from the filmmaker's point of view. I think that puts a lot of faith in that scene itself. Mm. The fact they said, yeah, we got we got to kick off at this point. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's. I mean, it's such a, a make... notable scene, such a notable yeah. character. It's it sort of mm. uh, sums it up. If you kind of put that on, I mean, that's on the poster, isn't it? And it's like, mm. was like, what? He's fighting a clown. <laughs> you know, it's just that's the mad comic book side of it. And the, um, I mean, that scene alone. I mean, we'll get onto the action in a minute, but the the action scenes go mm. on for ages, and this one in particular is kind of one of those one of those scenes that's in stages. So you get you get yeah. like one. It's like it's like three action scenes in one because you get mm. like um, a confrontation. Then there's kind of a break, and then they go again, and then there's a break. And there's lots of stuff happening. They they introduce other aspects through the course of the confrontation. Yeah, uh, including the um, uh, so you got the psychological aspects with the character with um, with Bobo, and also his uh, the way he responds to pain. Which becomes yeah. a key thing as the as the sequence is unfolding, ending with quite an amusing finale. Absolutely, um, as well as Bo, of course, as, as you mentioned, we've got Andy Long, um, who he, uh, plays Oyumi. Um, he 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 was um, 
really impressive as well, that, that whole sequence at the end. Um, yeah, he yeah. reminded me a lot of when he turned, he, he was dressed a bit similar to um, when he was in the Cyberpunk 2077 uh, mm. short film that oh, he yeah. kind of comes in at the end as like the big bad guy. Uh, he, it, that was very reminiscent of that. And, but that's that's no bad. I mean, he is amazing. Uh, we, I think we talked about his film Kung Fu, um, what was it, uh, Luke Van Tien, Kung Fu Warrior. Yeah, yeah. I think mm -hmm. we talked about that recently. We, which, we had that as a DTV throwback yeah, not too which, long ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, because, I mean, that's where I first saw him. And, you know, he's 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 fantastic. He, he's mm. He's one of those guys who's... He is getting roles in front of the camera, but most of what he does is behind, uh, yeah. working on films all around the world, and that. But uh, yeah, so that that's one of the great treats of the movie is peak, seeing Scott being able to face off with mm. people like Andy Long, and both both. I mean, both Fowler was in Avengement, and I think I'm that's not sure right, yeah. he. I mean, he was in the bar, yeah. and and they did Didn't get involved really get in the action, much, but it yeah. wasn't quite. Yeah. As you know, level. here he gets like a big. He's like the showpiece character. He gets to be mm. in this one, in this one, uh, of of the of the opponents. And um, yeah, so Andy Andy Long's scene, scene is fantastic. And concurrently, you've also got Sarah Cheng fighting as well. Yeah, against against another um, uh, very good another martial arts. Cast who, yeah, who yeah. I wasn't familiar with. Um, no. The guy playing um, the, Silas. The, Silas, yeah, Silas, yeah. I wasn't familiar with, and nor was I familiar with uh, Faisal Mohammed as Yendi. So mm. these two guys uh, uh, were, you know, that's what I like. You got the really established, sort of well-known fan favourites turning up, mm. and then you got some new people to sort of get excited about. I said, "Oh, who's these guys? Oh, I want to look at these. Who are they? And what are they doing? And what they're going to do next?" Sarah Chang, I was kind of, uh, or Sarah Chang, I should say, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was more familiar with. Because I've seen her in a couple of things, including a fantastic short film called *The Teacher*. Then, if you've had Teacher's, a chance to check, *The Teacher* is very good. Yeah, yeah, it was. Which is it, it's a really interesting. There's a whole sequence which looks like a two, like um, a sideways scrolling. Yes. Sort of thing that is, is is very good, and and the whole fight bit with the um, you know, the chef wearing his earphones. I thought, yeah, that that sequence was really clever. So. Yeah, and that's another film with really great timing. Uh, mm. And it's, uh, I mean, it's mostly silent up until the mm. end. Yeah, not, not much um, dialogue. Yeah, but the uh, there's, it opens. I mean, they must. They, it was shot, I think it was shot in China, and mm. it's got a, a nice car crash at the start, and that, it had, mm. had quite a nice little budget. Um, really good showpiece for her, but she's also done lots of work on other things, including, um, say, her own sort of uh, coordinating choreography work mm -hmm. on films like The Triagonal, which isn't yeah. a great movie, no. but it's got some interesting. <laughs> It's got some interesting bits. Yeah, it's got parts some interesting bits, but yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but, but this one, I mean, she she steals every scene in, <laughs> every scene that she's oh, in, she I'm, steals. I'm, she's absolutely brilliant. When she, yeah, I mean, she's basically playing Kato, isn't she, from the, the Pink Panther films. You know, it, it, it's that sort of role, you know. I never um, thought about it by that, but you're you're right. He's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, but in a much more, in a more. Kato, you're a fool. <laughs> Except they flamingo, actually, except, flamingo. <laughs> yeah the flamingo and i like the way uh, in some of the marketing the flamingo has actually been incorporated yeah. it's like oh what's the flamingo all about and then you'll you'll discover that as, as you're watching the film mm. and uh, oh and um finicky fred uh, played by perry bance and he's now, back from so so from this is interesting because um when we spoke to our friend sean um about this film because it's yes. already seen it and he did allude to one character who whose acting wasn't up to 
up to the rest of them. And I'm wondering if he was referring to this character because it, it, it just seems quite out of step with the with everyone else in the film. Oh, I don't know. Would you agree? Not really. I thought he fitted absolutely fine. You know, you know, he's, I don't. There wasn't anyone I didn't think, even you know, because uh, you, you got that um, basically. Mike Fallon's got to protect this guy called Dante mm. Zuza uh, from from assassins, mm. and uh, the guy play. You know, I don't. That character is quite annoying and stuff. But I thought the, the guy doing it is it's. I believe it's his first film role. He did. I thought he did really I well. Even was, though it's, yeah. he's, 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 he's not a likable character. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, he's, yeah. He's like he's like. But um, you know, he's walking around this onesie and stuff and. And that and I thought, didn't mind that, but uh, Adam Basil, who, who, who we um, mm -hmm. saw in the uh, Resignation Day, yep. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Fight yeah. Spirit. I think we posted that as a, like a one of our short film recommendations. We did. Yeah. He's in there as well, um, and also say uh, now. Right, I was surprised send... by one person turning up. Right. <laughs> So this, well, I this think we got. The, I think we got. We got to talk about the elephant in the film. This is the elephant in the room. <laughs> it really is. And um, so, so Zara Pythian um, is in this. We, we we knew she was in this. It was it was a big role for her. And and well, I thought we were wondering whether they were going to cut we her were going to cut her out, going to try and re-edit it, re recast it, or whatever. But I, I guess you know the production being too far, too 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 far in the can um, when when. You know the allegations and the court case and the sentencing came out, um, and, and you know we think we think that you know that did put a big delay on getting this film out the door. I think they've given you know a reasonable amount of distance to it, and the the big shame of this, you know, the real heartbreak um, is that this is probably the best thing she's done on screen. It really is, you know. Her, her the, the, I think her fight scene is absolutely superb. Her character is superb, and it's it's tarnished. You know, the, the whole thing is now tarnished because of um, you know what had happened in her in her personal life. Yeah. So she gets this fan. So she gets this great entrance, and then I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a bit thrown, thinking, oh my god, because I'd forgotten. Even my wife was saying, actually going to oh, be in it. You know exactly. And uh, and then it was like. The scene they could have cut the scene. I think. I think you could they have could done. Have. I think they you could, could have. have. Yeah, but it's have. a piv. It is a pivotal moment in the film. This is where the action kicks into the next big gear. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a very important scene. She's only in it for that one scene. Yeah. And but it's, it's but what a but scene. It's five. It's five minutes of like yeah. intense action and banter uh, between. The, I mean, it's got one of your favorites. It's got a kitchen, kitchen yeah, fight. A kitchen fight. I love kitchen fights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Restaurant kitchen fights, brilliant. Yeah. So I was watching it thinking, could they have tripped? Because by the end of the scene, things have happened and therefore, you know, that sort of comes mm. on. I think you could have edited around it or used the voiceover device to work around that and cut it out. But I think maybe they were like think... thinking, you know, we've we've put so much work yeah, into yeah, this yeah. scene, maybe. that. They, yeah. I mean, and what's quite telling is that uh, Zara does not, Get a credit on the film. It's kind of a it's kind yeah. of an fu kind of thing. I think to, mm -hmm. she's not she's not her character doesn't get one of those because they all get um, yeah uh, the freeze frame Shaolin, yeah. like Shaolin Jar kind of um, 
artwork mm. things at the end, title cards, mm. uh, and she doesn't get one. And she's not even listed in the in the uh, in the mm. you know in the black and whites at the end. So yeah. I think that was kind of their way of saying, you know, mm. we don't want to we don't want to talk about acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> too much yeah. about it. But yeah. you know, she is she is in there. Well, they um, didn't. Know. And that's the thing that you know nobody knew at the time what was going on really. No, so. so. And if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, <laughs> basically, yeah, she's a convicted child look. abuser. <laughs> well, yeah, well, aiding and abetting, or yeah. aiding anyway. and abetting. No, I'm pretty sure she was. She was. Uh, she was in on involved. <laughs> I think that was the whole thing. Anyway, but um, yeah, um, children. I, I, in I her care. Yeah, I, I've 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 just kept away from yeah reading too much into it. So yeah, so that doesn't tarnish the film. I don't think. Not at all. I think no, as you say, it is a linchpin moment, and 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 things only improve from there on. Basically, you know, so the, 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 we we get the fight with the um, uh, what's his name, the, the the vampire guy. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Yendi. Yendi, yeah, we get all that, and then you know, as, as you say, we get um, Silas. Turning up and, and Poco the clown, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it, it just builds on it basically. It's, it's a great little scene, but the, you know, the, it, it's the film doesn't rest on its laurels. It sort of gets better and better as it goes on. Yeah, it is. It is a it is pure action movie because it is a very very thin plot that's really just an excuse to hang set piece up. I mean, they are big, big lengthy and you know very entertaining set piece. There's not, there's not a lot of repetition in what's happening is there's a lot of variety weapons get involved. There's mm -hmm. some really nice, um, there's a bit where uh, Scott has to do like a bit of a Jackie Chan kind of jump up to yeah. get away. Uh, and there's, there's uh, visual effects sort of thrown in. I think one of the, the visual effects are one of the weaker elements of the movie. I don't, mm -hmm. I think some of the, you know, so yeah, like heads blowing around and, and stuff. Um, some of the vis some of the visual effects uh, don't come off as well as, as well as you'd hope but these they were making a film on a very very on a, a fairly restricted budget in a very limited time frame uh, and i think you know that's a, a very minor quibble i'd say uh, mm. of mine is the visual effects um the, the the location and all the setting you know all the on location shooting that they did they found some great locations uh, which all adds to it so there's a a fight on like a roof, rooftop and you get the sun bearing down mm. on them and everything it all it's really i mean i think i think i said when accident man came out that yeah. that was the that was kind of the most accessible film at that point of of scott's mm. that I, I could say like my brother who likes like guy Ritchie and that sort of thing that i could get him to potentially to watch yeah probably more than avengement even because avengement's quite heavy mm. whereas accident man you know it is by nature by its nature it's quite light but I think this one is better and even more accessible. I don't think you even have to see the first one, although it would help um, with some of, with the characters and stuff. But you could just Especially, dive straight into yeah, this one. Yeah, you could. I mean, basically, watching the first one will help you understand sort of Mike Fallon's sort of mindset going into this one. Mm. You know, and then the, the sort of level of guilt that he's sort of carrying around with him um, about about what he did and what happened in in London, which, which was a really interesting element. You know, they, they could have just wiped the slate clean and went, oh, here's a new adventure, you know. But no, they actually sort of spent the time to to, to address, you know, sort of some of the elements from the first film, which was really cool. Anyway, Rich, uh, scores on the doors. What are you going to give Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday? I might just give it a 10, you know. Holy I think, shit. I think I will give it a 10. 
Holy shit. Okay, I, I believe that is our first ever 10. I don't think we've ever given a 10. I don't give out 10s very often, but I think... Oh, well, no, no, no shit, think... Sherlock. I mean, none of us do. <laughs> but no, I think, I, I was thinking nine, but I was, I, you know, the amount of... I mean, Scott has made so many great films. Hmm. So if you're going to put this one potentially above some of the, at least some of the others or on, the, on a footing with some of the best of some of the others, it's got to be a 10. I mean, the, the just based on the choreography and, the, you know, the, 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 mm -hmm. the action component alone puts it on a 10 for me. Mm. All right. Then. So that this could, I may be wrong, this could be our very first 10 in 215 episodes of the DTV Digest. Um, I'm, I'm not going to score it quite so high. I'm going to give it an eight overall. Um, but this is very, very enjoyable. Um, it is action-packed. It is very funny. It even won over my wife, who didn't like the first one too much. So there you go, an eight, and God blimey, a ten for Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Maybe Definitely. I'm overexcited. I don't care. Maybe. <laughs> go check it out. Our next review is Postmortem. Uh, set in Hungary just after the First World War, a post-mortem photographer and a little girl confront ghosts in a haunted village. Uh, I believe I'm the only one who's seen this one, guys. I'm yep. so. Yep, and you two are really missing out. This is, other than its length, it is a bit too long, about 1 hour 40, I believe. Um, no, 1 hour 55, nearly two hours long. Um <laughs> But this, this is so good. It really is. Um, right from the off, we've got this battle scene set in, you know, um, First World War with this, our main character. Um, he, he gets injured in, in a sort of a, a shell blast and everyone thinks he's actually dead. Um, he sort of gets thrown in, in, into a mass grave, but then he sort of comes back to life. Uh, and uh, after the war, he takes a job as this uh, sort of post-mortem photographer. So, you know, back, back in the early days of photography, people would actually pose with their dead relatives. Um, it really was a thing. So, so if somebody recently died, um, they'd get them all dressed up in their best suit and everything, and they'd pose them in a chair or standing up or, or whatever, and then make it look like a family photo. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. there's a thing in QI about this ages ago. Um, so he, this particular village, um, a load of people have died over the winter, but because it's so cold uh, and the ground is frozen, they haven't been able to bury anyone. So they invite this guy to come along and all the villagers will sort of pose with their dead relatives, you know, and he can take all the photos and stuff, uh, which he does. Uh, except that when he starts taking these photos, he starts noticing these sort of dark, shadowy figures in the background of the photos and realises that there's, there's something more going on here, something supernatural going on in this, in this place. Um, one, one of the things I liked about it is that there's absolutely no gaslighting going on at all. No one's going, don't be ridiculous, ghosts. Who, who do you think you are? Sort of thing. Everyone just goes, yeah, yeah, this, this place is haunted like shit. You know, it really is. Um, yeah, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't pussyfoot around with the ghosts either. You know, we're very aware that there. There's, there's no sort of coy, um, oh, is, is that something over there? Or did that door shut by itself? You know, no, it's, it's, it's fucking ghosts all the way through this film. Um, 
The only issue I have, other than the length, is I'm not sure it actually it actually explains what the hell's going on. There's lots of ghosts; they're all hanging around in this place, but why? You know, what 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 is actually keeping them there? And, and it doesn't quite address that, I don't think, unless I'm, I missed a line of dialogue along the way. But um, you know, the production values are absolutely superb all the way through. You know, the, uh, there's scenes where people are getting thrown in the air or lifted lifted in the air by ghosts in broad daylight in the middle of a street. You know, um, you know, so so, so the effects work is is, is really good. It, it was just re a really nice surprise. This one, the only other issue. So, so there's three issues. There you go. So the length doesn't explain what itself and the version that I saw the version that's been put out for um, a screener for review uh, was dubbed into English which um, you know it would have been nice to have seen this in its original language was it with English subs I could have coped with that um, so I, I don't know if, if the eventual uh, disc if it's going if it's going to disc uh, will have the option for original language with English subs you know but I would hope so at the very least um, but yeah, if you, if you get a chance to watch it, I, I thoroughly recommend it. I, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. Our next film is A Spine of Night. Um, in this animated fantasy, uh, it's set in a land of magic and it follows heroes from different eras and cultures battling against a malevolent force. Um, okay, that's, you know, a very sort of ambiguous way of describing this film. Uh, what, we, we start off with this um, priestess who <clears throat> is on this sort of quest to, to destroy the last sort of magic flower kind of thing, which has been guarded by this guy. Yeah, it, very much like... Um, you know, the, the, the Knight Templar looking after the Holy Grail at the end of uh, The Last Crusade. Uh, it's, it's that sort of setup. And then she sort of explains who she is and what she's doing there and things. Um, I had no idea what I was watching going into this. I hadn't read the blurb. Um, I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. I didn't really pay much attention to the cover of the DVD, to be quite honest. So, so this was a, a bit of a mindfuck overall. Um, you know, it is incredibly nihilistic and just weird and, and incredibly ambitious for definite. Um, Steve, how did you get on with The Spine of Night? Yes, it is very overblown, slightly confusing, really, because I didn't really get what was going on half the time because it's jumping back and forward and you know, it's like framed by the priestess who then dies and apparently comes back and, you know, it's, it's a bit weird. I mean, the animation style, again, is also a bit, a bit cheap in my, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, me, you know, I'm sat there watching some Watson, he's like, why are you watching Saturday morning cartoons? I'm like, well, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, just watch it's it a little bit minutes. more grim. It's a bit more grim. Yeah. Than, uh... Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed the voice cast. I mean, it, it's got really, you know, Richie Grant, Patton Oswald, Lucy Lawless, you know, some 
quite big names in there. Um, it's just a little bit. It's not all over the place, but you don't. It doesn't really explain much. Hmm. You know, you've just got this plant, and it's magic, and then someone nicks it and becomes like a god. And it, it kind of reminded. It, it did remind me of something like you know the old. Is it Ralph Baskey version, like Lord of yeah. the Rings? You know, it, from years it does ago, have that. that does have that sort? Of, yeah, that style of that animation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's okay. You know. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I got sort of a vibe of, like, the Reformation, you know, sort of uh, Martin Luther out of this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a sort of weird sort of, um, you know, religious cult element going on. Um, definitely. Um, yeah. But, but Rich, what did you make of The Spine of Night? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's... It's the kind of movie you have to be into that style of film. Mm. And like you, you mentioned, Ralph Bakshi's uh, Lord of the Rings, but also, um, uh, which was 1978, the, but also uh, Heavy Metal from 1981. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, both of which, when I was looking at the extra feature, because I was thinking, they, this is very much in the style of those. Uh, where I, they I wish must I had the soundtrack of the Heavy Metal one, but there you go. Yeah, yeah which I think um, that actually... As a, as a side note, I think Heavy Metal's release got held up at some, or re-release got held up at some points because of the soundtrack, because of right. like issues over rights, yeah. music rights mm -hmm. and things like that. But um, yeah, so that so the animation of that period and Ralph Bakshi and, and that particular adult anim, adult fantasy mm -hmm. kind of stuff, uh, I watched some of the making of features on the disc, which do highlight very clearly that those were the influences of the of the filmmaker you know that, that very much he, he was kind of uh influenced you know influenced by the you know saw those films at a, a, a quite a young age and whatever and they've sort of cult they've his his life has been devoted to that style of, of mm -hmm. film uh, and you know those kind of stories ever since so yeah there's very much a lord of the rings kind of thing it's very much of uh, it's kind of got the heavy metal style uh anthology Kind of you know mm -hmm. different offshoot stories happening and then it's because it's all kind of held together with the um uh with the richard e. grant character and, and and or the character i should say richard e. grant's voicing um yeah. talking with the other and then they cut and then mm. uh we get away to another story and stuff but it's hard for me to judge it too much because it's it's really not my cup of tea uh, mm. the animation is rotoscope which means they shot they did shoot live action but then what they yeah. did was they've they've Dr drawn drawing it over yeah. it. they've, they've yeah, like, um, Richard Linklater did it. Kind of yeah, yes, it's kind of darkly yeah. yeah, so that's probably most sort of memories. But this was like a very low budget, very much passion project kind of thing. I think it's taken many years of, of animation, years, so, yeah, hmm. to, to to actually to complete the film. Yeah, uh, that, you know, that might sort on... of puts me in mind of Mad Gods as well. You know, yeah, um, Bill Tippett's Mad God, which was also on, uh, which like this is on. Uh, they're both on Shudder. Shudder, yeah. Um, the uh, it was a, an elaboration of a short film, which is also available on the disc, along with another one of a similar style. All right. So the original short film has the, has the same uh, the same character, the the Richard e. Grant's voicing the one with the helmet who we meet at the start uh, and also the i think the flower the stuff with the flower is is in there as well and yeah so that 
that that was i think the instigating point was sort of making that sort of five minutes short and what they've gone gone here they've gone like the whole hog with an hour and a half kind of thing so i think if you if you like fan those fantasy films from that period that style of animation those you know that mm. sort of you know the heavy metal lord of the rings ralph bakshi stuff basically when you know fire and ice and whatnot i think i think you'll have a nice sort of throwback nostalgic kind of feel about watching this yeah um but i don't mm. it's i mean i'm part i'm half you know i'm not the biggest fan of animated films generally you know i don't do anime and stuff like that generally um so i'm i'm the wrong audience for mm. it so i'd feel i don't really want to give it uh a, a too bad a score because it's what i'm bringing to it. it's not the film's fault that sure. i don't like this particular kind of movie yeah so um so yeah i think what they've achieved is is impressive it just wasn't for me and on that note, Rich, what are you going to score it? I'm going to sit on the fence with a five. Okay, and Steve? I'll give it a six. Hmm. I think I liked it a little bit better than you guys. Um, mm. And even so, I, I was flummoxed by large portions of it, I must admit. But I think overall I'm going to give this a... Yeah, I'm going to join Steve on a six. It's all a high six. So two sixes and a five for the Spine of Night. If you like your old-fashioned animation, um, go check it out. Our next review is Summit Fever. A daring dream to scale the world's most challenging trio of mountains soon turns into a terrifying nightmare for a group of friends when a deadly storm traps the climbers near the summit and cuts off all hope of rescue. Um, this is, it's an interesting drama overall. Um, and I, I must admit, I, I do like this quite a bit. Mm. Um, I, I will never ever climb a mountain or anything like that. It's just not me, but I love watching films about mountain climbing you know when 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 that sort of thing involved uh, mainly because just of the technical skill of the filmmakers to to really sort of pull it off and i think they do a superb job with this one um you know that they they really do it is top notch photography you know cinematography all of that um it is a drama so you know and, and I, I think it um it highlights two elements you know so what what you need to be a climber basically is um you know you have to have this sort of do or die attitude for one but also you just have to have a heart of steel you know because you know you quite possibly you're just gonna have to have to leave people behind uh, in order to save yourself uh, as as becomes apparent again and again in this film it um i, I think the stunt work is absolutely superb um, what, what they managed to do here. Um, yeah, th this was really, really impressive. How about you, Rick, uh, Steve? Um, I thought it was really well shot. It's like, it looks absolutely beautiful. Mm. The performances were good. I just found it slightly repetitive, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do, because I do, it, it's know. like, oh, here, here's, here's another peak, and, you know, everyone's... Here's another set of characters who are all going to get fucked up. Um, yeah. Sort of doing, yeah. Doing this that, shit. yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing that, you know, slightly, slightly disappointed me. And it took a while to get going as well. I think it was about 45 minutes for 
mm. anything really happens, you know. In it's, it's the whole thing with, yeah, the, the you know the younger guy, he, he's um, supposed to be going off to be a um, like an investment like stockbroker stock yeah. or something. Yeah, you know, but it's just not him, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, interesting you know he wants to be yeah it take, takes a while for him to get you know in in the position yeah but i'll tell you i was actually surprised with ryan felipe because mm. i'm not really seeing anything for a while to be fair and you know all that shit going around but i thought actually like, he was really good in it and mm. you know he's a bit of a cocky young you know type of type of character and which kind of expects him to be but he did bring just that little bit of gravitas with it, you know, he's yeah, grounded right. it, gra- yeah. he's grounded it a bit, you know, and it, it, mm. him and his, his, his wife or partner mm. or whatever, I, I mm. thought they, they both played a really good part in it and they were really good. It's yeah. just, like I say, it just got a little bit repetitive, you know, it's like someone dies, right, let's climb the mountain in honour of them. <laughs> Shit goes wrong again. Mm. Someone else dies. We'll climb the mountain, you know, mountain in honor of them and stuff like that. And that—that's my main issue with it. Just it just got slightly repetitive. I think yeah. it, if it had been, you know, maybe one climb, they all got trapped. Shit went wrong. That kind of thing. You know, yeah. Kind then of have, build, but then you'd have the vertical limit. No, yeah, no, true, true. <laughs> but I just, I just thought that might, you know, build a bit tension a bit more because it just seems mm-hmm. a little bit unfocused. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. which means yeah. you probably would, which you probably would happen out of nowhere. You know, I, I, mm. I get that. And then, but it doesn't build, build any tension. It doesn't create any tension or, you know, suspense or anything like that. It's just one bit, yeah, bit one, mum, thank you, mum, you know, type thing. Yeah. It's, 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 I suppose it's a bit bloody-mindedness, isn't it? You know, I mean, most mm. people, you know, after, after the first set of tragedies, you think, oh, that, that was pretty bad. After the second set of tragedies, you might be thinking, I think the world's trying to tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it's yeah. like, am I, am I going to roll the dice one more time to sort of see, you know? Um, but there is a sort of element of that. You know, I think a lot of people watching it will be going, what are you doing? Just just don't do it. You know, just do not yeah. go up there. Yeah. You know, but there you go. Um, Rich, how did he get on with um, with this one? I wasn't quite sure what to expect when when I turned it on because I didn't know what genre it was going to be. Yeah, uh, mm. and I saw it was from director uh, Julian Gilby, mm-hmm. uh, who'd made A Lonely Place to Die, which was eleven years ago. Oh my god, wow. that was a good um, film. Yeah. But the thing was, this is the film that I thought A Lonely Place to Die was going to be. Because when oh. I went to, when I actually did watch Alone Place to Die quite recently, mm. uh, around, I think, uh, on the back of watching The Ledge, mm. uh, yeah. which was another mountain climbing sort of thriller, um, and realised that Alone Place to Die is not really about the mountain climbing. You know, it, it doesn't no, spend so, much time yeah. there. It goes yeah. off and does a survival horror and, movie. In it, yeah, it does, all, it does a lot of other stuff. Whereas this one is very much focused on the mountain climbing. Uh, and I wasn't yeah. sure, is it going to be a thriller where something's going to happen in the, like the ledge was, or is, you know, is it going to be like a vertical limit kind of thing? And it ends up being, yeah, it's much more of a drama with mm. a, um, with a sort of big climax uh, thing. I say the stuff that you're talking, you, uh, Mike, that you were saying in the synopsis, 
that's that's the end of the movie really yeah it's the last it's the last third of the movie everything else is the character development the build-up and um yeah i thought ryan Phillippe's cast because he was the name that i saw on the i thought he was the main character i wasn't sure but Mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of the selling point for the movie and that known was like oh that's that's he i would not put him in this movie and even watching him in it, I was like, he still doesn't quite fit. I mean, it's not as bad as when Tom Berenger played a skydiver in Cutaway, mm-hmm. but but as like the old, as like the the established guy. You know, what? I know, still haven't watched that. Uh, I, I, I bought the DVD of, of Cutaway, and I still haven't watched it. Interesting cast, but not really yeah. much else. But they say the. Um, but he was actually pretty good in this. I mm. thought it, it was all right, and. Um, Freddie Thorpe is the lead. I'm not a big fan of. No. But he was okay. Mm. He wasn't as irritating as he was in like Overdrive, the film he did with Scott Eastwood. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's a it's a formulaic. Uh, you know, he he goes to meet up with his mate, and you know, he 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 find, meets a girl and whatever. It's all a bit, you know, it's in that kind of Fast and Furious mm. and all that, all the, those are all the, all the Point Break and whatever. Obviously, without the the thriller aspect, but yeah, and then it kind of. Does a the summit fever bit comes in at the end where there's a little bit of psychological horror, there's a little bit of um, uh, stuff going on uh, at the at the end mm. with you know state of mind and, and stuff. And yes, there is a high quite high body count in the movie. There's some pretty impressive sequences. There's one bit where they are climbing and they get they they get hit by the most styrofoam looking boulder, uh, unfortunately. Mm. But um, it's a good sequence. It just sort of has that. It has that. Sort of, it do, doesn't quite work um, initially because you think, oh, yeah. that just looks a bit silly. But but for the most part, yeah, I would. I would be. I'd be on your side. You know, the film has lots of. They go. They're traveling different locations, so you see lots of different yeah, places. Yeah. I mean, as yeah. a, as a travelogue movie, you get to see like. I mean, Chamonix looks lovely, mm. <laughs> so, and you get lots of lovely on location shooting. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you know, the stuff the, up the mountains and stuff is superb. And the stuff where the <clears> actors <throat> are climbing the mountain, clearly yeah. the stuff done in a studio and whatever, is much better done than it was in like the ledge. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, I, it's for me, it's kind of a disposable kind of thing. You take it or leave it kind of movie. I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything hugely to recommend it. I think if you like rock, um, mountain climbing movies and stuff. And seeing what sort of, you know, because people do do this stuff like free solo climbing oh, yeah. and, and sure, stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a documentary with that guy uh, doing that. Or I think that's two, might be a couple of films. Like that. But people do mad stuff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is like, yeah. this is one of the, this is a, a fairly representative film of the mad stuff that people do. And it is, yeah, of it. as I said, it's that sort of, that sort of egotistical, bloody mindedness kind of attitude yeah. that, that you need, I think. You know, you need a certain, quite a high level of self belief. In order to do this, well, know. Fall was the other. One. I mean, Fall was completely fantastical, but Fall is probably the closest, I would mm. say, to this. I mean, the, mm. the, even the setups a little bit similar. But, oh, there's my the friend who wants it. Oh, I'm not sure if I should go, or whatever. And they're like, "Come on!" Mm. <laughs> and then they go, and then they and then they get into a situation mm. and uh, and stuff. So yeah, I think I think if you were going to double, you know, if you want to double bill, this and Fall would actually go quite well together. But yeah. uh, coincidentally enough, both are signature entertainment releases. There's a lot of but, good. There are a lot of good mountain mountaineering, you know, uh, films. 
Films like K2. There was um because they do the North Face, don't they, in this movie? Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a German film called North Face, which I did see yeah. a long time ago. That was, that was yeah, that was set during just before the Second World War. That yeah. Um, that was really good. Um The Eiger Sanction, of course. Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um uh, what other ones? So Vertical Limit Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, of course, yeah, definitely. Um I, I'm I'm pretty sure there's another one I'm thinking of. It's just out, uh, you know, just on the tip of my tongue. Um, Touching the Void. No, it wasn't. Oh, I have seen that. It's a good documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Everest. There's one about, I'm sure there's one about a, it's either a skier or a um, snowboarder or something. Never mind. But it's all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, Yeah. there was. And it had someone famous in it as well. I'm pretty sure we covered it here. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we did that. We did that one where, like, you know, they've been stalked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know that one. No, that was that was awful. There was a couple we've seen, like Let It Snow, Red Dog. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, there's loads of horror ones and stuff. Yeah, loads of horror. But yeah, but um, yeah, I, I like a good mountaineer movie, and, and and this wasn't bad. You know, the actual sort of technical aspects of this was superb. Um, it's just the sort of the drama bit behind it, really. You know, you're kind of waiting for the next mountaineering bit, mm. unfortunately. Um, on that note, uh, Steve, how are you going to score it? Um, I'll give it a seven. All right. And Rich? Yeah, I think a seven. Yeah, I'll give I, it a seven. I totally agree with both of you. Yep. Three sevens for Summit Fever. Go check it out. Our next review is Traffic. When a middle-class teenager goes missing on the night before her birthday, her desperate parents hire a team of private investigators to find her, much to the chagrin of the local police. Mike, can I ask a question? Of course. Um, Dean Cain's in this. Yes. Uh, It might not seem it from the synopsis, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Is this a Christian movie? There is a mm. certain element of that in here, definitely. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's, a bit, yeah. there's a bit of praying, a bit of going to church, that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't feel well. Yeah, mm. It's I, not I like a, it's point. not a propaganda, like a conversion kind of. No, no, it's no. not that, and it's not that, and it's it's not a case of um, you know, oh, this wouldn't have happened if you know if, if she. she Adhere right, to right, the right. rules of the church or anything like that. There's yeah, like, yeah, nothing yeah. like that going on. Okay, no. okay. It's, it's kind of like a victim of circumstance for. Right. So, okay. so, so we got this young young girl, uh, played by Chrissy Swanson, who um, no, that'll be a mother. That was the mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's looking good for her age. Um, yeah. Sorry, there's a daughter. The other one, um, Sophie Bo- Bolin. Yeah. Uh, playing Allison, who is catfished basically, by a guy online pretending to be this nice guy called Ryan or something. Um, and she goes to meet him for the first time and basically gets abducted and brought into this prostitute ring, you know, the sort of traffic ring, basically. Um, and then as, as Rich said, you know, we, we do have Dean Kane in this, uh, playing this ex-cop who now does these sort of private eye cases. We, we see him at the beginning sort of rescuing of these dogs who have been sort of kidnapped and used in a dog fighting ring. Um, and then he's, he's sort of brought in on this case. I, I don't think 
there's not a lot wrong here in terms of sort of the acting, production values, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a relatively low budget film. Is it a mainstream um, thriller or is it like a more of a TV movie of the weekish kind of feel to more, it, it? Well, it, 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 it had me, it had reminded me of like what we call it, like a Hallmark movie. Right, right. If it wasn't that, for the, it would, yeah, I'd agree. If it wasn't for how fucking sleazy the traffickers were. Aha. Uh-huh, because okay. they, you know, yeah. even though it's kept off camera, these guys are fucking sleazy. You know, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, right from the off, when this girl's captured, you know, she's forced to give this guy a blowjob. And, and, oh, yeah, and, definitely, you know, not, definitely not a Christian. Not a Christian movie. <laughs> they wouldn't know that. And, and it's inferred that, you know, the, 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 these four guys who are the kidnappers are basically, um, you know, been having their way with with their captors for quite a while. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty sleazy on that level. But overall, it's also very bland. I yeah, think that's, that's what that... I mean. Just the, the quality mm. in the script. It just ugh, yeah. I mean, to, to me, it was like I say, it was like a hallmark, but yeah, a little bit more sleazy. But it just seemed so mm. cliched. You know, it's. <sighs> You know, the, the parents looking into the private eye and, you know, finding out that he's been kicked off the force and he's been to rehab three times, so why should they be trusting him and paying him all this money when nothing's happening? And, uh, oh, it was just so frustrating. Yeah. And, and it was bland is the exact word I'd use, mm. to be fair. That's exactly what, I mean, there's, really it's not really, there's, there's not really a lot we can say about this film overall. Um, the... The dad character was was quite amusing, you know. When they sort of like when when they sort of tell him how much it, um, it's going to cost, and he's like, "Oh, hang on a minute," you know. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know, actually sort of puts it in the balance. Like, well, I could get my daughter back, but then again, I'd lose twenty grand. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was quite interesting. Well, it's not so. It's just what as, as well how much he kind of faffed around. You know, yeah. Well, ramps it up. Mm. You know, one minute he's like, okay, we'll, we'll be nice and calm and cool about this and we'll try and find this. Next thing's in our cell room going to blow his brains out. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, with a bottle of beer, a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that, that was the other funny thing, was was when, when they're looking to hire the guy, you know, Dean Kane's team, mm. um, yeah. he, he's the one go, hang on, let, let's think about this. And his wife's going, no, we've got to do it. We've got to rescue our daughter or something. And then sort yeah. of like when the cops sort of go, actually, he got kicked off the force. He's got a drinking problem. They sort of switch over and she's yeah. the one sort of going, no, dump him, dump him. Let's, let's get the police to do it. And he's going, no, no, hang on a minute. We, we, you know, these guys are doing a good job, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of like good cop, bad cop, but they got the roles mixed up halfway through the script. Mm. Yeah, but again, and again, it just doesn't, I don't want to spoil it, but the ending. Mm. Again, I thought that was really stupid. Of it's you, you don't even find out what really happens, you know. Mm. No, you literally break break in there. Next thing, hospital. Is that, is that Basically, it? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't. You've got all these people running around with guns, but nothing's done with them. No, nah. it's like they've hired them just for show, and they can't. Well, no, we can't really use them. Really. Don't have any sound effects. We don't. We yeah. don't have any sound effects for this. Yeah. Um, the film, the film does end with a sort of quite harrowing um, statistic, mm. which sort of flashes up almost somewhere, you know, sort of 700,000 girls sort of trafficked in one year or something, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of, it, it's, it's a, 
a criminal enterprise worth something like thirty billion pounds a year. Thirty billion dollars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. That I mean, don't get wrong. It's, yeah, it is. And it, you know, it shouldn't be happening, and it's disgusting, and it does. But mm. it just this just seems to, I don't. It seems to trivialise it in 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 a way, and yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it, it, there's no sort of lesson to be learned here or anything, is it? I mean, it's, it's like, well, who, who is this actually aimed at? You know, mm. um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a weird sort of situation. You know, it, when, when in doubt, hire a PI and get their contacts to, you know, hit the streets or something. It's like, well, okay. But anyway, anyway, yeah. how are we going to score this one, Steve? I'll give it a five. I think it deserves a five overall. As I said, there's, there's nothing particularly wrong with, you know, the production or anything like that. It's just that it's just blur. Is yeah. Eric Roberts in it? It feels like Eric Roberts is in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, we get Dink. Dink Kane's no, all right, Dink actually. Dink, I, I like Dink Kane in this, I must admit, but everyone else is just blur. He's usually pretty likable. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, two fives for traffic. It's your thing. Go check it out. Our next review is Mean Spirited. A wannabe YouTuber sets out to bury the hatchet with his celebrity childhood friend over a special weekend, only to find out that he's not quite himself anymore. Um, I mostly like this one, Steve. I, I th- I yeah, this one almost gets there, and it starts off brilliantly with this guy Andy and his YouTube channel, because oh my god, they they, they nail that. They they nail that yeah. sort of crass, um, you know, sort of annoying. splurge, really annoying sort of like you know dickhead. stuff appearing on the screen, <laughs> you know, dickhead, yeah. dickhead personality kind of character, plus you know, and, and the editing and all the rest of it. My son, yeah. I'm sure, sure your kids probably watched loads of this shit as well. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, but, but yes, they, they absolutely nailed that sort of like that show. Um, and overall, I, I, you know, I, th- I think this works mostly really well. Um, I think it just needed something more at the end, you know. Some scares. Some scares would have been nice. Uh, but I did oh, like, yeah. the, you know, I thought the acting was very good. Um, in particular, um Jeff Ryan who plays Bryce mm. I thought he was fucking brilliant absolutely he also, di- also directed as well sorry he also directed it as well oh, of course he's a director as well yeah of course he is. yeah but yeah he I mean he is though he you know um he, he's he's just a weird enigmatic character for, for a lot of the film he just sort of flits in mm. and out you know you don't really sort of see a lot of him until towards the end and you know you get more or, or, yeah. or his character, but yeah, his his stuff to his stuff to camera, I thought was was brilliant. Um, you know, he really did have like a, a real proper sort of screen presence. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I thought he was great. I thought Andy was was really good as well. You know, the guy playing Andy, um, uh, Will Madden, um, yeah. especially when he takes his baseball cap off. And he's yeah, I was quite surprised at that. Yeah. That, that was that was quite oh shit, and that sort of like really does sort of like bring it home as as to you've been doing this a while now, haven't you, Andy? Yeah, yeah, you've been yeah. you've been sort of stuck at a rut for a while now. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, but it just it, I think as you as you say, I think it just needed to push more in, into the scary bit, and it didn't quite get. Well, yeah, there. I mean that's because to me it's pushing more like a you know a black comedy really because it's not. Mm. And I think that's what let it down in the end. I mean, like mm. I say, it starts off really well. Um, but it's one of them where the characters aren't really likeable. Yeah. Apart from, say, is it Tom? Yeah, you know, yeah, the cameraman. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the other girl, Joey, I think she's called. Yeah. I think that, you know, they were quite likeable, but the rest of them were a bit, you know. Up themselves. All of them were a bit yeah. dickish, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just think it went too much into the comedy rather than rather than going for the scares. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the angle with it being like a YouTube show or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only time it doesn't do that is when it's like security cameras. You know, yeah. like outside the house and stuff like That's that. That's right. We, they... we get like the, 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 the police dash cam, don't we, at one point? Yeah, it's yeah, like, well, yeah. How, how, you know, that's that's the thing, and I, I say this a lot with, with uh, yep. you know, found footage films and things, is how is the audience actually watching this? Because yeah. if, you, if you're suddenly bringing in all these different elements and you don't address it, then, mm. then, then the audience must be omniscient, you know? Yeah. To, to, yeah. to be sort of oh, no, oh now you have to be in the police car you know rather than sort of just witnessing a film um so so yeah, yeah that, well, that, that kind of thing does it, take me out of it a little bit but i think it kind of works in this one mm-hmm. especially at the end um hmm. because of what happens and stuff it, it it kind of made sense in a way that a lot sure. of them don't you know it's like, oh, we found these tapes, but it's a fully made film type. You know what I mean? Type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah, I just wish it had gone more down the scary route. It just felt a bit flat at the end, you know. You've got this build, kind of slight build up, and then it just kind of plateaus and doesn't bring any anything more to it. It, it needed yeah. something else. Like I said, it needed something else to give it that or whatever yeah and was, i think he just misses up there was one really good sequence so they, they go sort of cliff jumping you know there's mm. a pool or whatever and, and yeah. tom you know tom's a bit scared going and all of a sudden he sort of steps and he sort of goes in and, and yeah. what was interesting is they you know they, they investigate their own film at that point you know because yeah. they sort because of, he's sort of editing everything together you know he actually sort of it's it's really weird. It's like well, we're going back to that point in the film and and reinvestigating it and and you know sort of zooming in on certain bits so so you can see what actually happened. But that that was a sort of very interesting sort of element. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go too 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 much further into it because it's you know it would get into sort of spoiler territory really. But it it is very well presented. It, it nails the the aesthetic of the, you know, that style yeah. of YouTube channel. Um, you know, I'm sure we've all seen episodes like it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it does. Yeah, it does do that bit really, really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe it just needed a bit more. The, the, you know, I, th- I think that's the other issue. You know, the set dressing 
in the house didn't mm. really sort of convey the the feeling of dread that it wanted to go for. It was just sort of yeah. a bit a bit too hodgepodge. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. we've got a sheet, we, we've drawn a pentagram on it, that'll do, won't it? You know? Yeah. It is a bit of that to it. Um we should have gone a bit further with it. But other than that, I thought it was fine. So I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. How about you? Uh, I'll give it a 6. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's sort of like quite reasonable because you, you didn't like um, uh, Jeff Ryan's previous film, Mass Hysteria. No, I hated um, it. He hated it. I, I actually really liked it. Um, but there you go. So, so it's, it's no surprise that I probably like this one a bit better than you. But there you go. Okay, a six and a seven for Mean Spirited. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Luna. In a dystopian future, a young Luna ventures into enemy territory to rescue her father and try to mend bridges with her brother. Um, Wow basically guys this is 30 minute short with amazing production values amazing action sequences like um, a mini blockbuster isn't it it is a mini yeah. blockbuster overall um I'm, I'm really shocked at what they did here not just with um you know the action and the production values but also the script there's some really nice little moments in this which we'll get into um Steve, your thoughts on Luna? Yeah, thought it was absolutely cracking. Really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it starts off, you know, she's trying to break in or, you know, attack her room, whatever. And then, you know, you find out that there's family history between her and the guy and what the gist of the story is. And yeah. then you get, like, the boardroom scenes between her trying to take over the family because the father's mm. missing. And then you get the action scenes, which were just phenomenal. The bit with the with the drones where they're tra- you know, driving oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them. Yeah. Jesus. That, that chase sequence, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was phenomenal. That, that was, it looked absolutely beautiful. Really did. Mm. And the choreography is great. I thought that, you know, the fight scenes were really good. And even the ending, yeah, it's it's one of the best shots I've seen for a while, to be fair. Mm, Yeah, totally agree. Um, Rich, you curated this one for us. Uh, How how on earth did you find this one? Uh, I think, well, I'll I'll tell you how I found it. So I follow um, Dutch uh, martial artist Ron Smurenberg. Oh, yeah. uh, And he posted, I think he initially posted uh, the link to the premiere, which at that point didn't have... English subtitles and I was kind mm. of waiting a few days to I thought it I thought the film would get a second release with subtitles but what mm. it turned out was it was the same link but they added the captions in like okay. two days later okay and so so when, and I sort of discovered that when I went back so the um yeah so he's he's the reason I found it he's very active I mean he's based in Thailand I believe he's he appears all over mm. the place in stuff over there and he's the sort of the big bad in in this one of, the butcher um, uh, the butcher yeah mm-hmm. so he gets some good action s- scenes but also yeah the um the setup is it's just 
it's just such a high quality production all around uh, that I I was kind of blown away because it's from Thailand. It's based on a video game. It's a, it's basically a promotional film hmm. for introducing okay. a new character into this video game called uh, Gar- uh, Free Fire by a company called Garena. So it's Garena ah, Free Fire. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is why right, yeah, in the movie yeah. it comes up with Free Fire. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the name of the video game. So, and this is the second film that they've made. Um, and the first one, I, I had seen, I was aware of it because I had seen the first one. And I did enjoy the first one. I think if you want more of a battlefield kind of movie, hmm. uh, similar vein, I think this is superior, but I think uh, Undefeated is definitely worth looking up. It's actually also got the same actress, uh, Urasaya Sperbund, who I think is Norwegian Thai. All right. uh, and she's also a singer. And she, I, I think she sung the song on the end as well. Uh, she was in the original. She was in that first film, playing a different character. This this is one where they've developed this new character for the game based on her sort of persona. I think say I think she's got like, like a pop star. She's like a model and stuff. So mm. they they built it around her. But I think what they've cleverly done is in the action sequences, uh, due to the sort of the location, the sort of geography of the of the place, she has to wear a mask. Mm. So that enabled them to very easily uh, enable yeah. very skilled stunt people to do those sequences. I don't think she's involved in those and you can't see her face and stuff. So um, I think that indicates that she probably isn't. She, she handles the, the dialogue scenes and, you know, the, and stuff mm. really, really well. She's got a fantastic presence, especially when she's in the ballroom and sort of, sort of she's talk, yeah. talking around and debating because she's trying to, uh, there's basically factions, aren't there? There's a sort of there's a, yeah, there's a sort of a civil warish yeah. kind of thing so, in the guild, yeah. And she's yeah. trying to steer them in a certain direction, as well as there's multiple things going on in the story. Looking for the looking for the father. There's uh, meeting up with her, her brother and sort of trying to talk him around because uh, he's kind of gone to the other side. It's a bit of a Star Wars kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and you know the the plot the the film jumps around, so it's it's kind of. Uh, it's framed by this conversation and then throws in the flashbacks and then throws in the, the sort of side bits as well. Uh, and it does, and it just consistently keeps your interest and it's punctuated with about three big action sequences. Mm. Uh, and it's all, um, and I need to, I want to give uh, uh, credit to the, uh, to the people involved. So um, the film is directed by a guy called uh, Marco Calantari, uh, who's uh, quite a, visual director a bit like um with accident man and the, and the kirby's he edits or at least in this case i think he edited the film as well so it's it's much more um so he's he's brought um his particular sort of um i say blockbuster sort of aesthetic to it mm. uh, and also he's um say he, he's managed to get it cut the way he wanted and also um and the the stunt people the uh the action scenes urasaya's I've got two doubles, uh, Sassitorn, Pampim, and Dominic uh, Zucker. Uh, and I think the cho- choreographer was Pradeep Celium, Cil- Cil- uh, none of whom have particularly long uh, IMDb's. Uh, the, the, they've, they've worked on a few things, but I think this is kind of a great showpiece um, for, for what they can, for all, for what all of them can do. I mean, um, for, for international audiences to sort of discover uh, Urasaya, uh, you know that's um, she's she's such a great mm. anchor to the film, uh, and you know obviously the, the the 
cinematography and the costume design and everything all, all works re really well with that. But the, they, as, as uh, I think Steve was saying, you know, there's plot twists, there's developments that, mm. that unfold that sort of uh, re resolve things very, even though it's leading into obviously like the next part of a video game, you know, it's kind yeah. of like, you're going to have to go and play the video. There is a wrap up with a, with a conclusion uh, and so that's why it feels like a, a good, solid movie rather than like, here's the end, here's the, it, it's not like a cutscene, mm. you know, where yeah. we've got like, oh, here's the actors and then, oh, we're not going to give you any resolution because now you've got to go off and play the game. Yeah, you, exactly. you, don't have, you don't have to go and play the game after you've watched this. I've watched it twice. I'm not going to mm. go and play the game, but um, it, it's, just a, it, it's just a fantastically entertaining movie. Yeah, probably one of the best in terms of, um, budget and quality you know until mm. if you want if you want a, like a big budget kind of feel to your to your to your, to your short films then this is the one i would say to go for you've you've it's not um it's the captions are pretty good uh there, mm -hmm. there's a couple of spelling mistakes in there as as you know you see on on most things but they, they've done a really good job with that so it's very accessible um yeah go see it <laughs> One of my one of my favourite aspects about this, I mean, you know, the action's great, as you said, the production values are great. It's it's the depth to the characterisation, mm. um, mm. because because you know, Luna's Lu Lu got these three or four really loyal guys helping her out. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and and there's this great bit where, you know, she she's in this underground bit with her, her dad and her brother in this big fight, and one of them wants to go in to help her. And the other one's sort of saying she didn't say she could do it by herself. She said she had to do it by herself yeah. because it goes back to what was said in the boardroom where they're saying, mm. well, if you want to take control, you have to do this by yourself. You know, so, so there was that sort of element, which I thought was just really great. You know, just a re really good sort of character moment where, where, you know, her sort of loyal guys you know, sort of showing their belief in her and, and, and sort of faith in her abilities, which is good. So, yeah, this was a, a really good, really well-rounded sort of piece of work. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, we don't score them. We don't score the uh, the short shots, but we certainly recommend you check them out. And you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Patient Zero. After an unprecedented global pandemic turns the majority of humankind into violent infected, a man gifted with the ability to speak the infected's new language leads the last survivors on a hunt for Patient Zero and a cure. Um, this is a weird film. Um, it's, it's weird mainly, <laughs> for the, it's, it, mainly for the cast. You know, mm. Matt, Matt Smith with an American accent is weird. Um, I'm not yeah. saying he does a bad American accent. I'm just saying it's weird. Didn't um, he do an American accent in Terminator? Was he in Terminator? Yeah, I didn't watch that shit. Which he was in... Was that with Genesis Gen or... Genesis, Dark I think. Fate. Really? I can't was remember. It I can't remember. <laughs> I yeah, I think, it was, uh, I think it was Genesis. I didn't watch it. Well, I watched it, but I don't even remember him being in it. So there you go. Um, but also Natalie Dormer's in this and Stanley Tucci. Um, John John Bradley. It's John Bradley. So so quite a, quite a Game of Thrones reunion to be fair. Yeah, a bit of that. And 
you know, this this kind of a bit of 28 Days Later, but also Day of the Dead, you know, the Romero yeah, zombie yeah. movie. That, you know, that's exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's the one that really sort of jumps out here. Because, you know, you, you got that sort of um, friction between the, the military and the scientists. Mm-hmm. You know, the scientists yeah. say we we can we can cure this. We 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 can find a cure. And the, science, the military going, no, just just kill them all. That's what we need. To it's do. also that bunker setting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting one for sure. But um, see, what what did you make of uh, Patient Zero? I enjoyed it actually. It was kind of not what I was thinking it was going to be in a way. Um, mm. And I was, I was just flicking through and, you know, I saw that one. Oh. And I looked at the cast box. Right, yeah, give that a go then. <laughs> and, yeah, I found it really interesting, especially, you know, the, the actual communicating with the zombies as mm. such. Um, yeah, that was an interesting element. Yeah. I, yeah, I found that was really intriguing. It's not something I've seen before, to be fair, ever. And I just thought they did it really, really well. And some what they were actually saying as well made sense. You know, it weren't all what how would I explain it? It wasn't gobbledygook they were coming out with, you know, they were coming out with mm. actual intelligent yeah. and and then Stanley Tooch turns up. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like you know the Will Smith I Am Legend or anything like that. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there yeah. was proper intelligence involved. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, like I say, especially near the end where Alan Tooch turns up and then you know he's like the genius version mm. of the zombies. Which I, call, I, I, I I think of him as the brain gremlin. You know, like from Gremlins yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it does come across like that, and. Well, it's Stanley Tucci, you know what I mean? You can't go wrong with him. And I thought Natalie Dahm was really good as well. Um, she brought a decent bit of gravitas. Also as well, the fact that Matt Smith's wife, again, is still involved, you know. Agnes Dean. Yeah. Plays. Which I, I didn't recognise her at all, to be fair. Really didn't recognise her. Um, but I like that element of it as well. It's just, you know, there's just different elements that come together and it cohes quite well. So I did enjoy it. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, yeah, Rich, what did you make of uh, Patient Zero? Yeah, so I, I, I was a bit anxious about going into it because I wasn't sure about the whole Matt Smith kind of factor because I'm not a, I'm not a Doctor Who fan. I've never, I haven't seen him as Doctor Who. So I haven't mm. really seen much of Matt Smith at all in anything apart from Terminator Genesis, I think it was. Um, so there was that. And then it was kind of like a zombie thing. Or thing. And, and the only thing I can think of is that maybe that, maybe the zombie movie fatigue is mm. why this didn't get a cinema release because this is mm. a good, good, you know, solid movie with yeah. very decent production values that should really, I was, I'm surprised that it didn't get, I mean, maybe got some bad reviews in in the States or something. I don't know, but it's, it's a British movie pretending to be an American one, which can sometimes work and sometimes not. Here it works very well. Yeah. Um, Natalie Dorm is allowed to be English, but everyone else has to do American accents, basically. Yeah. Um, apart from the 
Stanley Tucci is, is the one American, I think, in the cast. I think there might be some others, but um, mm. everyone. I mean, John Bradley, I saw him in Moonfall recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was very English oh, in that. Was he the computer geek guy? Yeah, who goes up into space. And yeah, yes, and yeah. Here's the, here's I, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, so the um, there's a couple of... There's, there's, there's a lot of interesting things about it. I mean, the, I was looking up the... Because uh, the action sequences are really good. There's a big... I mean, mm. one of the things you could tell, this had a good budget. I mean, there's a big stunt team involved in this. Yeah. Some very, very... Lots of people. Um, lots of very skilled people involved. It's actually... Mm. The action is shot pretty damn well as well, I think. All considering the darkness of the, lo you know, the setting and stuff. There's some nice set pieces. There's a zombie rat, which is pretty cool that they throw in. <laughs> and there's, there's a bit of a crawling through the air ducts, a Mission Impossible kind of thing that happens with the rat. Um, mm -hmm. But Stanley Tucci basically turns up out of nowhere, like they basically unzip a body bag and, oh, it's it's Stanley Tucci. In there. Mm. And then he takes over the movie and, and it's like, it's amazing. <laughs> He's like mm -hmm. doing the action and stuff. It's like really good. I mean, Stanley Tucci is kind of, he does turn up all over the place. I mean, he's doing like cookery books and cookery TV shows and stuff now. But the, yeah. But he also did things like one of the Transformers movies, which was just like, oh my God, so embarrassing. If I recall correctly, he was in one of those. I think he was playing yeah. Night or something. And uh, no, here he's... Just... What? I think he was no, a God. Chinese scientist. Oh, was he? It's not a good movie. And not, no. um, but anyway, the uh, no, he's really intense here. He basically gets to mm. do a kind of Neo, Mr. Anderson kind of conversation, a matrixy kind of thing, and he and he has a chat with Matt Smith. And Matt Smith, uh, shifting over to him, I wasn't sold at first, but I do I do think he did well with the role. I can't I went with him in I went with it, enjoyed it. I got used to you know I didn't mind his accent. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, mm. The um, they do a very very quick hunt of Red October. Hunt for Red October, I should say, at the start, mm. probably possibly too quick, where they where they show him sort of going ah, 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 to try and communicate with the zombie, and then basically yeah. just show it as English. Uh, so I think maybe they should have lingered a little bit more, but maybe they thought that just sounds stupid in sort of doing mm. this sub Klingon kind of thing. But uh, the uh, like you say, Natalie Dorman was good. Um, say the locations, production design, cinematography, all really good. The film itself kind of reminded me as much of Dawn of the Dead and, oh, sorry, Day of the Dead and 28 Days Later, but also Ghosts of Mars, which is a bit of a favourite of mine. The uh, the way that they're having conversations, meeting up with people, doing, you know, they, they're constantly having like these flashbacks and side bits mm. going on with the different characters to sort of flesh it out a bit. Um, the uh, there's a there's there's a voiceover narration at the start and uh, towards the end and stuff, which I think if Accident Man is a good example of the voiceover narration, this is an example where it feels really forced, like they added it on. It just doesn't feel very yeah. natural. The um, the voiceover part which runs actually really quite long it take, it's it's like over a few minutes in the in the part, first part when he's um mm. making his way through the complex the um say stand, uh, stand two whatever whatever nice car uh, the um the only other thing i would say that i felt let it down was the ending 
because it mm. felt like they didn't know how to end it and it had a certain it was quite sort of like is it was kind of like an is that it because it was like it was felt like it was leading on to something or, or like there should be another bit and then they go they had a little bit of a voiceover and it's like oh yeah and then we went off and, then, so, so, and that was it and it's also oh. shot like day for night and really obviously so so it's yeah like, yeah that bit was yeah tell that see that a mile off I so mean, that was quite fair, disappointing though, to be fair that i always kind of find that we like apocalyptic films or zombie films or something like that you know how do I, they always kind of end it the same way you know what i mean they have a get yeah. out or but here there's a twist here something. there's a kind of a twist in the story but there, there's not really any kind of there's not really any it doesn't really make mm. a lot of sense there's not really any resolution to why that was why that mattered <laughs> so i didn't feel like it yeah. actually brought anything to go ah <laughs> you know it's like but that's yeah. really i don't know that was that was the one weak point i felt um everything else i thought was great um it's very yeah. brisk i think it's over in like an hour and a half the, the film is actually made by uh, an austrian director called uh, stefan ruzovitsky who's had quite a varied career but um i was looking back through and i i've seen a few of his films but he did like a World War II drama called The Counterfeiters, very different to this. But he started mm. out in horror and he did the two autopsy movies, the first of one, first of which oh, had yeah. uh, Franco Portenta in, was quite mm -hmm. a big, quite a big breakthrough hit at the time. Uh, yeah. In, uh, in two, uh, what, 2001. Anatomy 2, I think, wasn't as big of a hit and uh, didn't didn't do as well. But the, the first one, I remember, but Anatomy is basically a slasher movie set in a... Um, medical oh, school yeah medical yeah school. And, uh, it was really and it was really good and uh so he's and he's he's done loads of other stuff he did a film called cold cold hell which is on shudder uh one called deadfall which had cold eric tanner in cold hell yeah which is uh like a taxi driver sort of that's sport. brilliant have, have yeah you seen i it? do really want to see it I oh want to see it, it. It's, it's really really good yeah he's a good director though. i think he's he's got a really good flair for a lot of the stuff. He's also done a TV series I really want to see called Eight Days. Uh, he did a couple of episodes of that. And uh, he's got another He's got another TV series that he's worked on. He's done quite varied things, but I, I think, you know, he's he's a safe pair of hands. He's kind of what, if I, you know, I, I def, I'm definitely curious to see some of the other, like Cold Hell I really want to see and um, Deadfall, which I wasn't quite sure about, say the old, uh, the Eric Banner movie, but, uh, and and stuff but uh yeah patient zero really caught me by surprise wasn't expecting much mm. from it uh stanley tucci is just left field casting that totally works and uh the action you know the um the, the stunt team did a really good job with with all, all that stuff as well yeah absolutely uh we don't score the throwbacks but we do recommend you check them out this one is on freebie i believe Yep. Yeah, um, so the, the adverts aren't too um I didn't you know I don't think I intrusive. got I, I did a few, but not not many. Um yes, so please go check it out. Um that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me. No problem. Interesting films this week. If you do get the chance, guys, check out um postmortem. Thought that was very good. Um, don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the DTV Digest and also check out our sister show, The Short Shots, 
uh, which the new episode's coming out very soon, or we're going to be recording very soon. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.